It is truly a joy to be standing here in front of you today. Graduates in all of our programs from certificates all the way to PhDs. Geographically located from the other side of the world to our home here in the great state of Texas. Each of you are different in so many ways, culture, geography, language, vocations, yet unified in one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Today, we celebrate in joy the achievement of the completion of your program of study, but more than that, we celebrate the work you are going forth to accomplish in the ministry in which the Lord has called you. It is that calling that is important to note. It's that calling that led you here, and it's that calling that will lead you forward. In 1997, the Chicago Tribune columnist Mary Schmish wrote an article entitled, Advice Like Youth probably just wasted on the young. It was turned into a song and popularized under the title, Wear Sunscreen. In short, it was the advice of an older person to those who are young, knowing that the truth contained within would be lauded, but forgotten by the audience at which it was aimed. I can say that because I was one of those youth. I graduated in 1998 from high school and meandered my way until I could find my purpose, calling, and joy in a vocation of ministry for the Lord. As I look back on Schmish's words of advice, I too realize how the wisdom of her words were lost on me. I know I'm speaking to many here who are at different stages of life and most of you wiser than I was at 18, but if you would allow me to offer you some advice for how to flourish in ministry, knowing full well, as Schmish warns in her article, that you should, quote, be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it as a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. Hopefully what I have to say has more value than glossed over nostalgia but the heartbreaking reality is I know some of you will listen in agreement, but will not heed my words. Today, you will rightly confess that a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. But I wonder if some of you trust more in yourself than the Lord. Will you go on from here to ministry assignments on your own power and in your own will? If you do, what follows will be years of heartbreak, disappointment, and for some, burnout. I've even seen some question God's call in the first place. Sure, you're thinking, that's not me, and, and I hope not. But too often, like Peter, we proclaim, where will we go, Lord? You have the words of life. But like Peter, in our own power, we can eventually find ourselves located in shameful places and hear that proverbial rooster crow. Friends, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of darkness. The deceiver is cunning and evil. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. 
For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Longevity and flourishing in ministry are directly related to godly dependence in ministry in order to overcome the works of the evil one. I wish I could say that this perspective is just academic and speculative at that, but the last 20 years have taught me that the truth of this reality. We have thousands of alumni, many who have been faithful to the end, but there are others who no longer are fulfilling their calling or even following the Lord. So how do you stay in the first camp and not fall into the second? That is the question. The question is answered by determining in whose will are you working? Did we, in our own strength, confide? Our striving would be losing. So how do you win? The winning comes from the right perspective and the right rhythms in your life. We do not sit around wringing our hands about how the devil is threatening to undo us. Instead, we live a life of faith that believes His truth triumphs through us. Again, as Luther states, the prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. For us to flourish, to truly flourish in ministry takes care and perseverance. But I would like to offer three practical words of advice on how you can succeed in ministry. A flourishing ministry is one that is not merely intellectual, but it is a lived faith. The Bible tells us that we are to consider our walk, to live disciplined lives, to be well-trained for the work to which we are called. All of this can be found in building good habits in your life, or what I have come to call rhythms. These spiritual routines are the necessary daily activities that bridge our lives when weakness thrives. Spiritual habits bring the reminder of the truthfulness of God and his word every day in our lives. Spiritual rhythms are necessary to be able to connect with that which is true, that which is good, and that which is beautiful, God himself. Life can become really hard, and ministry has plenty of difficulties. So when these trials come, you will be better able to sustain yourself by means of a well-trained, disciplined life. Though your Southwestern education has no doubt prepared you in many ways, it has not prepared you for everything. A life habituated by prayer, Bible reading, praise, and communal ecclesial living is one that is able to stand against anything the world throws at us. When James declares that we are to consider it all joy when we go through various trials, he is describing the activity of a spiritual life conditioned by spiritual rhythms. Do not give up the daily tasks of devotion as the growing tasks of ministry press in. Resist that temptation. Protect your spiritual habits. Build healthy rhythms. The second piece of advice I have for you is to live according to your limits. We need to be reminded of basic theological anthropology. Humans are created. That means that there are limits to us. There are things that we cannot do no matter how much we want to do them. You see, we're not God. He is the uncreated one, and we are created. 
He is the one whose power transcends natural laws, and we are the ones created to live by them. He is the one who is without limits, and we are created with limits. As we do the work of ministry, in whatever capacity the Lord has given to each of us, we need not put pressures on ourselves that go beyond the created order. There's an impulse to take on more than you can handle. Perhaps you're trying to prove yourself to your church, to your boss, to your family, to God, or most likely, even to yourself. In doing this, you think that you have to do more, work harder, accomplish more, grind it out. But at what expense? The books written on burnout and ministry are endless. Why is that? It's because, again, we often try to do the work of ministry on our own will and are not dependent on his. We confide in our strength only to see how weak we truly are. Let me encourage you now to consider the limits of your created self. You are not Superman. You do not have superpowers. You are a created human with limits. And the last time I checked Genesis 1, it said that that creation was very good. So stop trying to live apart from God's design for your life. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to work hard. Please work hard. You should work until you're exhausted every day and all for God's glory. But then take your Sabbath, sleep, rest, take your vacation time. The ministry or job you are a part of is not dependent on you. And it won't fall apart because you took a break. In fact, the work you will do will be more effective with a rhythm of rest. Lastly, and and if you don't hear anything, hear this. Let Christ be the foundation of your life. The striving you are to be after is in that of the Lord. The work is dependent upon the only one who has conquered the wiles of the evil one. One little word shall fail him. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that might be, Christ Jesus. It is he, Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. The work we are called to do is one that's built upon the work that is already victorious. We have to stop fighting battles that he has already won. You're going to leave here to engage the great commission to a greater and greater degree in your life. But let me remind you that that commission was given with certain qualifications. Perhaps this is for the doubting disciples of Matthew 28, 17, but it's also for the overconfident ones as well. Though it is right and true that we make much of the commission to make disciples as we are going, baptizing, and teaching, we must remember the whole endeavor is bookended by Jesus Christ. It is not accomplished apart from him. He is the alpha and omega of our work and the centeredness of our ministry. He tells us so in the Great Commission, all authority has been granted to me on heaven and on earth. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The power and the presence of Christ is before and after the Great Commission. 
He has not called us to do a work on our own, but he has called us to partner with him as he completes his work on this earth. The word is above all earthly powers and no thanks to these powers, and yet he empowers us to accomplish his work. Christians, graduates, friends, we must remember that calling. We must trust in his promises to us. We must remember that it is not us, but him who has given us the ability to do this work effectively. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Christ is with us at every turn. He does not leave us nor forsake us. If you are going to flourish in ministry, daily find your all in the one who has called and empowered you to do so. So this call to ministry may be a a long-lived and flourishing ministry, but that's really up to you. So are you going to build the spiritual rhythms to sustain you through weakness? Or will you rely on your own power? Are you going to live according to your God-given limits? Or are you going to work according to your own strength and ability? Are you going to rest, that means truly rest, in the one who has not only conquered death, but also has empowered you to do so as well? If so, friends, then commit yourself to him daily, rejecting all self-sufficiency and all self-reliance, and give yourself over to Jesus. We must rely on Jesus Christ. Yet, I know in a group like this, there's some of you who are sitting here, and you really don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about. See, here at Southwestern, we we truly believe that God is indeed real. He's not an abstract concept. He has created us. He is holy and he is good. He is loving and he is perfect. And yet, we as humans, we disobey him every day. We break his laws and, and that's what we call sin. And we stand before him daily as sinners before a holy God standing condemned wondering what what can we do to take care of his righteous condemnation of us. And this is where the gospel comes into place. You see, we believe the good news of the gospel, and that good news is that though we could not save ourselves, that one word has conquered everything, and he has come. As we've sung about this Christmas season, that God sent his son in the fullness of time to become a human, to live a perfect life, and then to willingly go to the cross to die for your sins and to die for my sins. And he did die, and he was buried. But three days later, he conquers death by coming alive again, and he's resurrected, and then he ascended, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And this is the good news, that salvation is available to all of us. And as Romans 10 says, that we are to confess our mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God will raise him from the dead, that you will be saved. If you do not know Jesus, know this, that that is available for you even today. Consider this, friends. If you don't know our Lord, we want you to know our Lord. And he wants to know you. And I know there's a whole host of people wearing medieval garb here that would like to talk to you about Jesus. Find one of us after the service and we will, be, we will take time to tell you how you can find peace with God today. For all of us, we need to have our minds and our hearts fixed upon God alone. 
Graduates, as you go out from here to engage your calling, you must always remember that the things of this world, our worldly ministries included, are temporary. They will fade away. Do not hold on to them. Only hold on to him. So let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Thank you.